0: In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism.
1: Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma...
0: Brought to you this week by Clemson University. Welcome into episode 70
1: of the Gospel Friends. I am Plastic Chris Atwood. I am Flesh and Blood Captain Crunchy Chase Thompson. I am Nick. And
0: I am Reverend Verbage. Anybody know what 70 has to do with Clemson University?
1: Uh, didn't y'all. Did did Auburn beat them by seventy something to something? They gave up seventy points
0: in the Orange Bowl of two thousand twelve, the most points ever given up in the history of bowl games. They were fighting the Mules of West Virginia. Wow, that's a bummer for you, Davos Winnie. Shout out to Tony Vance and all the other Mules of West Virginia. I thought they were the Mountaineers. Uh, mules, Mountaineers.
1: They are the Mountaineers. Okay. One of my all-time favorite college football players actually came from West Virginia, Major Harris.
0: That's a, that's a good name.
1: Back in the day. He was amazing.
0: Welcome into episode 70 where you're guaranteed to hear all four of the Gospel Friends. Actually, there's only three of us, though, so number four is Bernard, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure
1: Emmanuel well, is a Gospel can Friend. Can you guys hear me?
0: Emmanuel is a Gospel Friend, but he's not here today. I. Okay. I'm just make it sure. <laughs> so we couldn't hear you. That's what I was trying to say was you're guaranteed to hear all three yep. members of the Gospel Friends. In, in fairness, you two could hear me. So I wish that. We could. Uh, That's true. If you have not heard episode 69, essentially we recorded uh, over Google Hangouts uh, and very late at night from like 2 Early a- in the morning. Yes, you're right. Very early morning from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. I don't consider it morning until I've went to sleep.
1: Okay, fair point. You know what? I'm actually the same way. That's how I reckon days. Yeah. Like, I have to go to sleep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we recorded, and then – but it was on Monday when Nick went to edit the show (laughs) that he saw these large gaps in the recording. And he was like, what are those? (laughs) And he came by my – I'll never – he came by my desk at work. He sat down, and he had a look on his face like somebody had ran someone over. And I said, dude, what's wrong? And he wouldn't say anything. And then I think you finally went, the show. And I (laughs) went, it didn't record. And you (laughs) you were like, it it
2: recorded you and Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we've done this. This is, you know, depending on how you count, we have a funny counting. This is technically the 72nd episode of the Gospel Friends. We've had many shows before this. And, you know, we've had a few technical quirks. Somebody's forgot to hit record at the onset but we've never had a full show where someone was totally missing when i was in charge
0: of the tech one time we recorded for like nine minutes without it actually recording right you
2: talked for nine minutes without it recording yes thank you yeah there you go i like being corrected
0: yeah that that was a bit of a
1: bummer last week is it is it true that upon finding out that Nick was not recorded, but you were. That you said, I, I think I think we can work with this. No problem.
0: <laughs> okay, let's just be honest. Um, there is a there is a level of problem that one of us not getting recorded would bring. So, like for example, I think I think me not being recorded would have been maybe a level one problem. That would have been probably sixty minutes of the ninety minute show. Okay, you not being recorded. Is a level two problem. Level two? That's probably about 25 minutes. Okay. And that leaves Nick, which is a level three problem. Let's see. <laughs> have you ever had a, about a five, level, about, level three problem? About five minutes of um, elevator music that had to be popped in. Yeah, just five? Have I ever had a level three problem? Yeah.
1: Not that I know of. Okay. What is a level three problem? Well, I mean, the older you get, the more you have to kind of be on the watch out for level three I'm, I'm going to have to Google that. Yeah.
0: Anyway. I I don't know that I would do that, by the way. The hashtag free Nick people uh, had a field day after episode 69. To be fair, Nick did have several good points that he made during that episode, although he doesn't remember them
2: because he was having a rough night. There were more first of all, there were more than five minutes missing. I just condensed down these segments of elevator music so it would be not trip too many filters, but... It was very late. It had been a very long week, and I may or may not have dozed off during one of David's diatribes. So, uh, more than once, as I recall, you were awfully quiet there for a while. Well, look, and, and that's, and I've always said this, and any time we record via Skype or Google Hangouts, this happens. I, I don't love that because yeah. the the flow in here is much easier to kind of interrupt i hate on podcasts that are skype based when you have two people that do that like awkward dance who's going to talk thing for yeah. like 10 seconds and so it's just easier to kind of go hey guys make sure you and so combination okay. of tired and to be
0: fair I, i'm gonna i'm gonna quiz chase and see how well he knows me chase okay. what is the what is my number one fear and or hatred on a podcast your number one f- uh, dead air dead, dead air, air. Yeah. thank you and so, like, if there's dead air, I feel the need to say something.
2: Well, and, that, and that is the Lapsed problem with prostate. internet recording.
0: PSA. Okay. Oh, i sorry. That was number two. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it right now. You're looking at the lap prostate right now? <laughs> I'm looking at I know a guy beautiful. that can help out with it. I Googled the level three problem and it came back okay. with PSA numbers. Did it really? Because I just totally made that up. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, really? I Definitely. thought he was describing
2: a whole different type of issue that affects men of.
0: Well, episode seventy, right. we're just going to skirt over that. Episode, yep. episode seventy is going to be much better. I hope. We're going to talk today about the
1: Pope com- oh, coming to America. Yeah, and as popular as the Pope is, I, I suspect our uh, our critique will will probably just just about <laughs> get everybody in the world mad at us. I imagine we'll be. If it's able anything to, like you
0: at church this morning. Our uh, our popularity numbers are going to fall faster than Gus Malzahn's, or faster than oh. your lapsed prostate. <laughs> Either one. We're also the return of what? I have so much to the edit return of what were you thinking? What were you thinking has not? Yes. Uh, I think it's been at least uh, three episodes, four episodes. That's one of now. my favorite segments. The, of the audience show we has do. I think Nick hates it. I like What? It. What? And also, just to uh, since we're talking. Um, about the heavy topic, the Pope coming to America. We're just going to lighten lighten the uh, the show a little bit with our third topic, the hashtag #ShoutYourAbortion trend from this past
1: week. Mm. You know, this, this business we do where we talk about lapsed prostates and college football and engage in some level of innuendo and just totally goof off at the beginning of the show. And then after a little while, we get into like really, really, really deep waters. I, I just don't know if you should do a show like that. Isn't that hard for people to listen to? Don't we run off the serious people with the funny stuff and the funny people with the, the serious stuff?
0: I wonder if we should have had this conversation about a year and a half ago.
2: you think it's too late? 70 Maybe 70 yeah in? about
0: 73 episodes ago would have been
2: good. Yeah, maybe 75 80 weeks something yeah, like that negative he's... one.
0: There is uh we we ran off Mr. Tom Grant from the Hall of Dogma. He's in the Hall of Dogma, but he can't listen to the show. Why he not? says he thinks he's just too old for it. That he just doesn't get it. I'm sorry, Tom. Yeah. So, but we appreciate him being in the Hall of Dogma. The Hall of Dogma is our Facebook group, by the way, if you are a new listener of the How show. How do you get to the Hall of Dogma, David? Well, you would go to your Chromebook or your Windows Vista computer. I have one of those, oh, too. Oh, God bless you. So, okay. Hall of Hold Dogma. On. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hallofdogma.com. Wait two or three your minutes and it'll load. Are Chrome.
2: <laughs> 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 Thank God you made a punchline because if your options you're giving people are Windows Vista – or Chromebook. No lie. My XP machine died, and someone had given us
0: a machine, and so I just plugged it up for backup, and it's a it's a Vista. That's what I'm running. And my Samsung Chromebook. Okay. It anyway, causes me physical pain. I'm sorry. I know what doesn't cause you physical pain.
2: A lap. Pro- oh. That would probably hurt at least.
0: So a by little the way, away. we are we are munching down on Value Time Frosted Flakes. Well, I'm not. Pass it my way. Uh, Chase bought a box of Value Time Frosted Flakes. Mm. A dollar at Food Giant just to try them out. Cereal, and, by and the just, way, cereal.
1: I, I'm going to put the picture of the box on uh, the Hall of Dogma, but it literally looks like it was drawn by a I thought, child. I
0: thought your daughter did
1: that. Uh, yep. Yeah. 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 That's And for for David,
2: who, when I opened the box, he said, oh, it's going to be stale by the time we go to do a review. No, they're pretty stale right now. Yeah, yeah. they're they
0: really already stale for, for a bag that hasn't been opened.
1: Okay, true story. Yep. Number one ingredient of value sugar fro- Frosted Flakes, de-germed yellow cornmeal. De-germed. De-germed well, go, a yellow cornmeal. Happy for
0: It's good for you. Yep. All right, so the Hall of Dogma is located at com and That's
2: our Facebook group. Yes, and if you have a discussion. computer that... You know, never mind. Most other devices will open it slightly quicker than David's Chromebook.
1: Hey, it just
0: isn't bad. Number one rule they teach you at podcasting school: crunch mm. as much as you can in the microphone while you mm. eat cereal.
1: For real, this is a bad.
2: There's only a dollar for the box. Yeah, for a dollar. I mean, for, look, for a dollar, it's fine. We
0: also have a uh, we have a Twitter account if you want to contact us that way.
1: Oh, I used it this week. I did, I saw that. I retweeted it's about time. something I tweeted. <laughs> I was just kinda I didn't want to jump back into the Twitter really kinda at all. Like, well, just I mean I, I didn't want to jar anybody. I so. missed
0: the Twitter. We used to have such good interactions on the Twitter.
1: We did. I that, I, I feel terrible about that. I'm Who hoping, dropped the ball on no. Me. At, I'm hoping this week on vacation at My Gospel wait, hold Friends. At on My Gospel Twitter. Friends. <laughs> just a second. Did you say I hope this week on vacation? Yeah, I'm hoping to have a little more Twitter time on He's, vacation. Okay. Isn't that what you do on vacation? Twitter time. Mm. Twitter time. Stop. Twitter time. <laughs> Twitter time. <laughs> that's what my, my wife is and family are hoping I do. She spend a lot of time <laughs> on the internet. Bless him, Lord. Uh, <laughs> At least I, that's what I understood. So do you all have some time. counseling time reserved whenever he gets back?
2: You're going to talk to him and Janet? Yeah. Okay, good. We. Um,
0: it's just where I sit down and explain to Janet why Chase is right. Oh, go on. That's <laughs> my buddy Chase. All right, guys, mm. this week the Pope came to America. I'm going to
2: I'm going to be honest. I really want to find the YouTube video for coming to America. Right? Yeah.
0: Not a great wholesome movie.
2: I'm just looking for the soundtrack.
0: Okay. Um
2: Coming to America.
0: My uh my uncle let me watch that movie when I was oh, 9. My.
1: Which probably when you expl- were nine. Yeah, probably explains a lot of my. Oh my gosh, that probably, probably explains does. a lot of my teenage issues. That's <laughs> a terrible movie. Yes, it is. It's funny, but woo.
0: Oh, so you've seen it too? How no. old were you when you watched? it? Oh no, no, no! I read Stop. about it
1: in. I watched it last week. Avoid for dot The Pope Can came we, to America. So <laughs> my <laughs> understanding. <laughs>
0: my
2: understanding is this. First on the list: War Room. This Second the <laughs>
1: Shots fired. <laughs> have you actually seen one room? No, I, I. was continuing the. Are you opposed to praying and and, and husbands and wives? Oh, Lord help us, Jesus. Yes, because we have well, not. You just prayed. How can you be opposed to technically? Room? You, you prayed. Just prayed. You prayed. You well, prayed. I mean, just did. when you said, "Lord help us." Okay. So anyway, the Pope came to America this week. Really? Yeah. My he understanding did? is what it's the first time. Here?
0: It's the first time the Pope. We don't speak his Has language. ever stepped on American soil. I'm assuming. Oh,
1: the Pope is stepping on our stuff.
0: Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: hey, watch yourself. He
0: landed in a big old plane and got into a little black Fiat. And <laughs> really, yeah, that oh, was his. Man. He really got into a Fiat. Yeah, that's what he. That was the motorcade was a bunch of huge black SUVs. Yeah, surrounding this little tiny black Fiat you with were the Pope in. I'm not go look at the video. I saw it. Wow. I saw the video on the. Uh, Facebook, it had to be true. Anyway, okay. so the Pope came to America. He gave, a, uh, he gave a speech to joint members of Congress and um, visited the president, spoke at the United Nations. Um, I'm not sure what else he did or where he stayed.
1: Well, this is hard-eating news.
0: But now the, the amazing thing to me was how many people, both obviously Catholics but non-Catholics – even non-religious people uh, who just wanted to go and get a glimpse of the Pope and his hat and a wave as he came by. So as soon as Chase finishes texting, we're going to start this segment and talk about it.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm posting hey, a picture on Facebook. Get some the elevator
0: theaters. music. Cue up elevator music right here
1: while we wait on uh. Chase. <laughs> Isn't that a good picture? Guys in the background of the cereal,
0: do you have anything picture. to say about the Pope? Add boy. Uh, okay. So, did he really? He drove a Fiat,
1: a <laughs> black Fiat. I mean, really?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna that's pi- insane. I'm gonna find a
1: picture. I don't, of it. I don't think I believe that. All right, so, Pixar, it didn't happen. Yes, Pixar, it didn't happen. Okay. Um I thought you were gonna talk more about the Pope's visit. I'm ready to say a few things about the Pope, but you haven't really said anything yet. Well, I
0: was I, – I, okay, I, I want everyone to take notice. Please please make a note that David has talked for a while, and he's attempting to stop, but now he's being told to
2: continue. So well, you've got to say something. I, I wish – You've people, just been providing updates. You haven't really
0: and, – And now I'm handing it over to you guys. I mean, is this the first time you've done a podcast? Well, you're like,
1: hey, the Pope came to America. What do you think, Chase? You're supposed to kind of give some hard-hitting journalism yeah. first. There's the Pope in his fiat.
0: How about that? Okay, I'll start us off. Here's here's I, I have no inclination to Pope bash this week because I don't I don't know the Pope. I thought there was never some, met him, huh? Never met him. Thought there was some guys actually some, some people on the internet. There was some discussion about him in the Hall of Dogma, and um, in all honesty, I I I don't know the Pope, and I don't really want to get into whether or not the man
1: loves God or knows Jesus. You know who's not a big Pope fan. <laughs> plastic chris hadwin <laughs> here's what i, I want here's who what follows I, the pope all right
0: here's what i want to talk about <laughs> he is a false apostle well, okay he's not even an apostle he's the pope all right keep going okay here's he, I, papist. I, here's here's what i want to talk about i want to talk about i want to talk about the the worship of the pope and 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 i'm using that terminology very intentionally Okay, so
1: are you girls at all prepared to do a podcast of I am so ready that in a moment okay. you're going to be astounded by okay. my papal knowledge right. and my takes. On Nick, are you paying attention? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the
0: Pope went I'm to – I'm just waiting for you to say something. The, uh, the Pope went and spoke at Congress. Do you know what Congress is? Okay, the Pope went and he spoke – he addressed Congress. <laughs> he didn't answer. As soon as, as soon as the Pope was done addressing Congress – He um, was walking out of the room, and a lot of the um, Congress members attempted to go down and touch the Holy Father. That's how this article puts it. But there was one to make it awkward. There's one particular Congressman represented. They wanted to touch him. Yeah, they wanted to touch him, but it gets better.
2: I mean, is this like seriously? Is this old school like they wanted to touch? Biblical. Looking for healing miracle. Okay. Touch him. That's what I'm
0: saying. This is what bothers me most about the Pope's visit here. So your wife texted. Thank you. The uh, oh, con- oh. Representative Bob Brady <laughs> of Pennsylvania, yeah, did not go to try to the touch Brady the Pope. Bunch. Rather, he went to the podium
2: the where the Pope had bunch.
0: just spoke. And the reason he went there is because he had noticed that the
1: he had noticed that the Pope. Had drank out
0: of a glass of water while
1: he was giving his speech. All right, so he was going up there to helpfully clean up the podium no. and get it ready for the next speaker. Right, not quite. Okay, he he went up there to get the glass of
0: water that the Pope had because he wanted that water. So he he took the glass and he took it to his office. He went back he was to his office and he had run out of water. Uh, I don't think that was it either. Okay. The congressman, Representative Bob Brady, is, con- is Catholic and has immense respect for the Holy Father. Notice it says there, immense respect, abcnews.com. Brady, when he got the water back to his office, drank from it and shared it with members of his staff, including his staff assistant, who is also Catholic. And he also brought his wife up to the office and allowed his wife to drink out of the glass. We actually have a, a picture of him letting his wife drink out of the glass holy moly which is a tad bit awkward Okay. now after he, <laughs> had, he had shared the water oh, that Jesus. the Pope drank out of with his staff staff assistant and his wife he then said that um, he was going to take the remainder of the water and sprinkle on his grandchildren
1: alright so I just mm. want to say up front you're not making this story up right no,
0: it's on abcnews.com
1: ok uh, and other places on the internet, there is there is one word for that sort of behavior, and you can't lay this at the feet of the Pope. This is obviously what Bob Brady is doing. Uh, although I, I have seen uh, Pope fans, I don't know if this, what the right word is, but I've seen other followers of the Pope. Pope fans like. You fan yourself with at the Pope's no, face? No, like as him. in uh, those who appreciate him overly much. Okay, uh, engage in this sort of behavior, and this, this is idolatrous. I mean, this goes beyond silliness, and it goes into absolute, abject <clears throat> idolatry. That is absurd. That anybody, let alone a seventy-year-old representative. In Congress, would behave that way about a flesh and blood person. It's awful. It's terrible. Look, even if this was, all right, l- 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 I'm not a fan of. Uh, I'm not a fan of the present pope. Um, I I think his heart for the poor is is commendable and Christ-like if if it's real, and and I I see no reason to suspect it's not real. Um, He is a Jesuit. Uh, The Jesuits are uh, probably the most liberal major branch of Catholicism, and I say liberal in the sense of... Uh, interpreting the Bible in a liberal sort of sense. I'm not necessarily speaking politically, uh, but the, the Jesuits are the liberal branch of Catholicism. Uh, pope, pope Francis is, is certainly along those lines. I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I'm not a few, huge fan of the way he interprets Scripture. Uh, but, but even if this was the godliest, most biblical pope we've ever had, that sort of behavior is, there's no place for people worship in the body of Christ. And that sort of behavior is is just out of place. It's ridiculous. It's unbiblical. You know, the Bible, Jesus tells us, call no man father. Well, what do we call the Pope? What do we call priests? Well, we call them fathers. And Jesus says, don't call anybody father. Paul tells us, uh, and I mentioned this this morning, Paul tells us there is one God and one mediator, the man Christ Jesus. And, and I don't know if if some people just don't understand the concept of one or not, but the Pope is not the mediator between God and man. The Pope is not a high priest. He is a guy. He's a dude. Is he a world leader? Sure. Is he infallible? Absolutely not. There is nothing in Scripture that points towards the office of a pope, and there's nothing in Scripture that indicates that we should act this way towards any person. And honestly, you told me this story a couple of days ago, um, David, and it frustrates the stew out of me that that people would be straining to touch a human being.
0: Now, to be fair, you don't even like people calling you – or reverend, pastor, things like that, as a title. As in you, you kind of you, – you at least attempt to dissuade people from doing that because of the verse about not calling someone father or teacher.
1: Yes, I'm not a fan of titles. I I think that whole passage in the Scripture where Jesus is talking about that, he he says, don't let anybody call you rabbi. Don't let anybody call you father. He's going off. It seems to me he's going off on titles. And and I think it's a little bit dangerous, given that, for us to say, okay, well, we can't be – we can't be father. We can't be rabbi. Well, we can totally be cardinals, or we can totally be doctor. I mean, I, I don't know. There's, uh, I guess, doctor might be a little something different. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big it's fan more of, of a professional. It is more of a professional thing. Title, I was thinking I of like uh, um, pastors well, that are go by the name, the title, doctor. Hang on, hang on, hang oh, on. There's plenty it of to talk. No, I'm oh, good. Good. cue the I'm good. elevator music. Hey, hey, are you recording? <laughs> oh, he's going back to his drink. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. false alarm. I can do this all day. Y'all realize that you cannot talk all day. Look, I'm gonna buy my tongue and
0: just let the either you talk or dead air happen.
2: Go ahead.
1: Oh gosh, that's a lot of dead air.
2: Okay, I can't take it (laughs) anymore. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) I was giving it ten seconds. I was wondering if it could go ten whole seconds. I didn't think it could. Um, but But there's plenty of pastors I know. Um, theologians, whatever you want to call them, that, that love that title of doctor, um, as, as it pertains to their knowledge of theology, whatever, there's plenty of that, but with getting back to the, to the drinking water, which creep factor level 10, basically, um, is this not dissimilar? I mean, what you see in the new Testament, the first century where people are just trying to touch Jesus's robe or, you know, they're asking for, you know, um, I can't remember the specific story now, but I think um, the the, re, the cloth the apostles use or whatever, isn't it a similar type of thing? Is that, not, is that not what people are looking for out of him?
0: Yeah, so you have situ- – I think that's the part. Uh, there, there's a little discussion going on in the Hall of Dogma right now because Chase posted a couple of pictures of this, and the general said it looks like Chase is going on another anti-Catholic rant again. Uh, and and th- for me, this is not really an anti Pope rant, although I I do think he bears some responsibility. I I just, there are pictures in the Bible Mm -hmm. of misplaced worship. You have uh, pictures in the Bible in Revelation where uh, I think it was John was going to fall down. He was tempted to fall down, worship the angel, Mm -hmm. and the angel very quickly said, No, get up. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, you know, this is not right. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see pictures in the New Testament of people who wanted to make the apostles out to be like gods, and they had to swing that around and say, no, that worship does not belong to us. And so I think there is a, there is just this responsibility from men of God who carry His name and His power, that if if they go to receive quote-unquote worship, they are supposed to push that off and, and back onto Christ. And you know, I think there's – this is not someone being patted on the back mm-hmm. and being told, hey, good message today, mm-hmm. or being honored by saying, you mean a lot to me in my life and my walk with Jesus. Right. This is very clearly this type of behavior. The focus is on the just man. just wanting to touch him mm-hmm. or people wanting to get his glass to drink after him mm-hmm. and sprinkle his backwash on their grandchildren mm-hmm. – This is – we've moved from just trying to honor one of our leaders, which, by the way, the Bible tells us to Mm -hmm. in Hebrews, and uh, that we should honor those who are in leadership over us. Um, In Romans, that talks about honoring each other. This is beyond that. Mm -hmm. This is to – we are treating this man in a godlike way.
1: Worship is the word you used earlier. It's a provocative word. I think it's the right word. And I'm not saying every Catholic does that.
0: This is – I'm not wanting to do a blanket – I'm not wanting to do a blanket statement here that all Catholics uh, are like that. Mm -hmm. But very clearly some are, and and even not just people who are Catholics. That's the thing that's really intriguing to me is there are people who are – that they have interviewed who who are not religious at all, who wanted to come out and see the pope. Now, that could just be I want to see the spectacle. But then you have people who are not Catholics – Protestants who want to just try to reach out and, and give the Pope a touch, and that kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I, uh, okay, Chase, if the Pope came to Penson, would you go to see him?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And, and look, if I had a Pope like baseball card or something like that, and I got a chance to get an autograph, you better believe I'd do it. I think I, I think I would do that too. But see, there's I'll also a, go to see Bono.
0: There's there's a line – I don't think his
1: sweat rag would –
0: There's a line between – there's a line between admiration and respect and honoring and maybe even being a a fan Mm -hmm. and moving over into something that's idolatrous and something that's uh, of worship.
2: So – so here's a question. I found the reference I was, I was thinking of, and I just couldn't put my finger on. Acts 19, um, 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even hand, handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched the skin were carried away to the sick, and their dis- diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Um, and so that was the reference I was thinking of. there seems to be – I get antsy whenever people start talking about the mantle or the role um, – of the apostles, as you saw in the first century. Um, The disciples that walk with Jesus, he who replaced Judas, Paul, they walked in an authority of having walked with Jesus or received their commission directly from Jesus that it seems like the Pope either tries to carry, tries to walk in, or people try to attribute to him. And that just makes... Someone calling themselves an apostle, period, gives me the like, ooh, I'm gonna watch that dude careful. But this does seem to be something that people put on him, and, and he does kind of. Yeah,
0: it, it, if somebody if somebody calls themselves an apostle, I might assume, like, I'll make think they're not. You yeah, know, like you're not. <laughs> if if you attribute a title to yourself, yeah, like apostle, and, and you call yourself an apostle, or you call yourself a bishop, and you're especially not, people do that, and they're not in the Catholic Church i automatically just kind of write that off. I, I, he, I understand let, – let's just, just – being honest, I, I get the temptation toward hero worship. Sure. And I think all of us have heroes of the faith, so to speak, sure. men that we admire, look up to. Maybe we want to emulate exactly. their faith yes. in Christ, and I don't, I don't think that's an issue um, on the surface – and I think it can even be um, biblical. I think there are great men of faith the Bible points to and great women of faith the Bible points to that says, you know, okay, here here are people and here are the, their testimonies and their stories, and here's how they were blessed because of their faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that is done not to get us to want to be them, mm-hmm. but to encourage us in our own walks – um, with their stories of faith, mm-hmm. I think biographies of Christian men and women throughout history and their walks with Jesus are good to read and encourage us. Uh, and, and I have my own heroes of the faith. If you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you guys know that I it <laughs> really admire Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen, <laughs> TD Jakes, TD Jakes, <laughs> Joyce Meyer, Joyce Meyer. Um, who's who's the, the other guy? Who, you who's the other guy in Atlanta? Big mega church family there, Andy Stanley. No, the guy that, that I keep sending money to, saying so get his plane. Oh, Creflo, uh, Creflo. yeah, Creflo. Yeah. All right, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are some stalwart heroes of the faith, David. Your yeah. your faith uh, hall of fame is sur- uh, surely one of the best.
0: H O F. Maybe I'll use a different example. How about John Piper?
1: Uh, I like him. Might be a little better. Now, okay, Manuel uh, might
0: disagree. He, he might man. disagree. All right, so Piper came to town back in May. Chase and I went to. Uh, see him Still at, at the him. conference that he was at. We did. Afterwards, uh, we found out a couple of days later that after the conference that Piper, a, a, a friend of a friend, went to Chipotle and Piper walked in yeah. and ate lunch at Chipotle just down the street from the yep. church. And I was just kind of kicking myself. I was like, why couldn't have we, we... First of all, I love Chipotle. But why could we not have went and been there and, and Piper came in? That would have rocked, and that would have been awesome. Yeah. Now, and, and I think I would have mustered up the courage to go over there and say something to him. Yeah. Let me tell you what I would not have done though. I would not have waited for him to have left and then go got the, gone over and gotten the rest of his burrito, and and. You know, chewed on the edges of it or something and tried to give you a hit off
1: of it. No, that's true. You wouldn't have done that. But I tell you what, if he had left half a burrito, we would have gotten it and brought it to the studio and kind of set it up and referred to it a lot. And it would become, along with John the Baptist and Plastic Chris Atwood, okay, so we John had, Piper's burrito. So we would have had, had, had <laughs> a uh, mascot of the show. Okay, we just lost any. any any type of integrity we had to talk about this no, we particular would have taken topic, it, we just wouldn't have worshipped it. That's the difference.
2: <laughs> well, in been... fairness, they only drank the water, James. I, oh, have... because... I
0: mean, yeah, they didn't set it up and bow down to it. But I that's think, just
1: gross. I don't think after like somebody,
0: I don't think I would have went home and like called my whole family in the living room and set the burrito down on a rug in the in the living room and been like, "All right, kids, I want all of you to get a fork and I just want you to get a get a taste of this. This is John Piper's burrito." Well,
2: yeah, <laughs> it, but I mean it, with the. Bur- burrito you would have had to have eaten off the corner he was eating would you have gotten his glass instead like the cup i mean because you had more chance of yeah touching him. i
0: think i might would have inspected the burrito just to see what john piper eats
2: now if he had had queso you could have brought the queso to the studio i'd have been fine with that you would
0: have been okay yeah you'd the queso. Ate, you'd ate, you'd ate some that's the not queso. what i said
2: there, you can bring that the- <laughs> i'm not eating after that man like what are you talking about
0: all right. So, Chase, why is there such a um, – why is the world enthralled with the pope? Why is why, why is the United States enthralled with the pope to the degree that people come to see him and try to touch him when they are not even Catholics?
1: Well, I think part of it is, is not even a religious thing. I think it, our culture in America – and I guess you see this all around the world where the pope goes. I think our culture in America is a bit celebrity-obsessed. Um, that is not a theological problem. That is – that's another type of idolatry, and I think it affects Protestants and atheists and agnostics, etc. the celebrity obsession. Mm. Uh, I fully suspect there would be people, if Justin Bieber had come and addressed Congress, that would have gotten his water glass. I don't know if they would have treated it with such veneration um, and respect and mm. drank after it, but they totally would have been like, hey, it's Justin Bieber's you know, water glass. Um, Part of it's the celebrity culture. Part of it is is endemic to Catholic theology. This is who the Pope is. The Pope is the vicar of Christ. The, that's what they call the Pope. The, high, it, it, the Pope is the high priest of Christianity for Catholics. He is the representative of Christ on earth. There is no biblical warrant for that. And, and I guess Emmanuel would say this is where I might... Continue my anti-Catholic screed. There, there's a lot of things I admire about Catholicism. I like many of the Desert Fathers. I like uh, John of the Cross. People like 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 that. I find that there are some depths of of wisdom in the writings of people like Henry J.M. Nowen, uh, even Thomas Merton, who is a little out there for me, but just there's some depths of what he says is just fantastic. Um, but the, the Catholic theology of the papacy is abhorrent from a, a biblical perspective. David, you sent me an article a couple of weeks ago I read with a fair amount of fascination. Uh, and not offended at all, but Father Longenecker, uh, writing in Patheos, wrote an article called How Protestants Are Destroying Christianity. And reading the article, the way that Protestants are destroying Christianity, guys, is by their, on, their emphasis on Scripture. In other words, our emphasis on Scripture is, is destroying Christianity. And, and I'll read a couple of quotes from there. The problem is that the Bible is not like that. It is not a single, consistent, cross-referenced, totally precise document. It's not a constitution or a legal contract. It can't be the only authority. It is not an agreed rule book for the game or a set of instructions. It is not a neat owner's manual or a company handbook complete with the set of protocols for every situation. Some of that's true, but essentially that what Father Longenecker is doing is criticizing the Protestant church for upholding the Bible as as essentially God's word to man. But according to Father Longenecker, the, the key component of Catholic thought uh, theology that makes it superior to Protestant theology, and this is the key comp- component that leads to Pope worship. The key component is this the church is the inspired interpreter of the scriptures. This answers the questions in current current society. Do you know do you want to know which verses we believe teach doctrine and morals? Ask the church. The Catholic Church has good answers as to why certain teachings are not applicable while others are universal and foundational. Hmm. The Catholic Church doesn't mind if there are historical inconsistencies or editorial mishaps because the church is the greater authority and the living inspiration of the church is there to balance the written inspiration of the scriptures. That kind of understanding of authority is what leads to papal worship.
0: All right, so, Chase, who do you – so he says that the church is the interpreter and authority over the scripture. Who who do you say that role belongs to? Or Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick is eating value-frosted flakes. Let me come back to him.
1: Who, who has that role? Who is the interpreter and you know authority what? of Scripture? That is a great. That is Ooh. a great question. And here, there's a sense. There's a sense, and and I would sort of agree with him that that the Holy Spirit interprets the Scripture through the body of Christ. Through the but here's church. here's where it breaks down. What he means is through papal decrees, through the papal through the Pope, through the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. I don't agree with that. I believe it's through the, the fellowship of God that led by the Holy Spirit that we come to the truth of the word.
0: And, and that – because when he, when he said that, I thought, well, in some ways I think he's right in yeah. that the church yeah. is the interpreter of Scripture, but not one man over the church. Yes. Someone else might say, well we're all interpreters of scripture because we 're all priests yes, individual priesthood of believers and FTw again there is there's that is a I believe a true teaching of the Bible,, yep. but the Bible points us to community, the Bible points us to weighing prophecies as a gathered group of believers. the Bible points us to uh, teaching and instruction and discussion of the word in community, and so i I think it It's not – that doesn't fall to the shoulders of one individual who is, quote-unquote, over the church, but rather to the gathered
2: church. It's leaders and – Well, I think even in the New Testament you see a group of leaders raised above the congregation that are entrusted with that. Um, Not that everyone doesn't have a voice in the discussion, but you do see – Kind of a last line that people defer to, but it 's never one man it's it's a group of men elders we see it um, throughout the New Testament. The other thing is you know I, I kind of push back on Dufus's article because you know he talks about the word not being a you know uh, cross referenced you know indexed textbook basically and and to me that 's actually what gives the word more credence because People try to find inconsistencies in it, and there are there are questions, there are things of that nature. But the the word in totality paints a beautiful picture of of God's love and the way He would have us live out our our lives. And so there is the idea that the word interprets the word because you have different authors, you have different teachers that will You're speak absolutely right about that. By yeah, the, way. the, the, the word does interpret the word. And, and so if I have a question about something. In the Bible, I'll go to one of you guys. I'll go to other friends that we know. You know, people that have been on the show. Whatever, um, the community God's place around me, and I'll get their input. But if it's, uh, yeah, that just doesn't feel right to me. Da 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 da. Um, they may go uh, that conclusion doesn't feel right. You know, um, this I've read in the Word. That that you know, and, and then I'll go. Okay, let me go read that because I, I think if it's done correctly,
0: the, then the. Those leaders or the people that you go to, the teachers of we'll the point Word, you back. are going to point you back to the right. Word in uh, as they interpret the right. Word. And, and I don't think you meant it the way that it came across. I, I, I think – no, it was, it was just – I don't think that – and we've had this discussion enough times. I know that you don't see it that way. You were talking about leaders over the church, but you don't mean leaders over the church in terms of like – um Big C across the world. Yes, I mean there are there are leaders. So we have elders and ministers that are in the church. But they are they are they lead primarily according to I think the New Testament through serving. Okay,
2: yeah. and they lead
0: through their teaching.
2: What I'm talking about is through
0: like a you know, you serve me. No, no,
2: mentality. no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke if that's the conclusion. No, 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 no.
0: I'm, I'm clarifying that for people who are listening yes. to the show because I know that that's I'm, I'm talking about a community
2: of believers, a lot the Hall of Dogma Church, where our community, you know, on, you know, when we go to gospel communities and different gatherings, the, the elders here ask for people to discuss and bring, you know, verses from the word and, and things that the Lord has revealed and things like that. But if there's a discrepancy, if there's a question, um, there is a group here that's kind of charged with leading us through teaching of the the Word. But that that other than carrying a heavier responsibility, there is nothing they – Ask anyone to do That they don't Themselves do I got here On Friday afternoon um, To set up Help set up Or prepare And rehearse for a wedding And Chase is weed eating the grass On a Friday afternoon You know So there's There's none of this jeez oh, There goes my heavenly reward Thanks a lot Well no it, You still get it Because you didn't Point it out I, But that, but that's Oh sweet Yeah you're cool You, you see what I'm saying That's your face. But not this You know I'm gonna step off a plane Somebody put me in my Fiat And then somebody Drink my water later you know, that's not... So where Mr. Longneck Bottle would say that we need a
0: <laughs> we need a, a leader, a, me- a way guy, to make that? a pope, yeah, uh, that joke. we're going to say we do need the church, but that interpretation, that explaining of Scripture is going to come through the church and through its assembled congregation and the teachers that God has there and not just through the one man uh, uh, explaining and interpreting Scripture for us as a pope. The, what the Bible says that God purposed his church, that through his church the, his manifold wisdom would be made known. Yeah. So we have, a, I think, some agreement with that statement, but just not with the, the structure and certainly not with the authority of the pope. It almost seems like what he is saying is anything that's unclear – The Pope can explain, but maybe even beyond that, I mean, in that type of mindset, it seems to me that you would be opening the door where the Pope could even bring in new revelation, new teaching. Yeah, that's what scares me. And, uh, you know, someone with that much power, which is not different from someone who is the leader of a cult. And I don't – I'm not trying to make that – Distinction. I don't believe the Catholic Church to be a,
1: the a cult. says the is the leader of a cult.
0: And that's how it will come off when <laughs> the show's discussed in the Hall of Dogma. But that, I'm not saying the Catholic a Church. Gets his hands on it. I don't believe the Catholic Church is a cult. I know many Catholics who I believe love Jesus and truly belong to him. But I am saying that that type of thinking of this one individual having all of that authority and being the person that we look to. To get our marching orders, so to speak, is a that you you see that type of mindset in in cults as well. Um, uh, Kevin DeYoung on the Gospelcoalition.org wrote an article called "Why Protestants Don't Have a Pope," um, and uh, I'll read a couple of these guys just to get us out of this segment. Number one, the distinction between clergy and laity that underlines underlies the Roman Catholic hierarchy is neither taught in the New Testament nor exhibited in the organization of the first century church. Find agreement with that, guys? Yes. Okay, I, I would like to hear Chase's input on this one. Uh, essentially, the, uh, his third point is that the office of apostle was an exceptional, exceptional and temporary office
1: in the New Testament church. Okay, that, that's a great question. I can't help but notice, though, that we went from number one to number three. Yeah, we, we, I don't like two. Uh, it's just got. You got problems with number two.
0: It, number two is so simple; it's not even worth reading.
1: Okay. Well, David you, Menno you, of a certain age. If you put, if you put number one first, then you'll get help with your. Okay. Anyway,
0: number three. I did number one, so I and skipped number two, went to number three. Well.
1: <laughs> nice. Kevin DeYoung is, uh, I believe, a soft cessationist. Uh, that is to say that that he would, uh, and boy, we're gonna have to do it, edit if I'm wrong there. I'm I'm, I'm just doing this from memory. That is to say that he would uh, deny the present active, extraordinary, or charismatic gifts being active in the church, including tongues, prophecy, etc. Uh, but there are many who are continuationists that would even. Agree with him that indeed the the office of apostle was only for the foundation of the New Testament church. They would cite, of course, uh, Ephesians two twenty, just like DeYoung De did there. I, I I think it's a I think it's a good good question. I think the Bible does not specifically say that the gift of apostle is no longer given. I think what the Bible is very clear about is that there were 12 apostles who were with Jesus, and that level of authority, that kind of office, that capital A apostle office is no longer there, and the Pope, the the authority of the Pope even exceeds that of Jesus. Any of the apostles? No, 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 no. Um, the way the Roman Catholics have it, you don't agree with that? Oh, I'm saying that's that's he, a he bad That no, would be, no, no. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the, the the Pope would exceed that of any of the individual original capital A apostles. And and what DeYoung is saying here is just that there is no one on earth humanly with that kind of authority. And I completely agree with him, whether you think the office of apostle has ceased or not. I think there might be room for little A apostles, people who are gifted in planting churches, especially in other cultures. I don't think it's helpful to call them apostles. I think that word is too loaded to use. But I don't don't know that the gift itself of being a messenger like that has ceased. I do know that apostolic authority, like that was invested in Paul or Peter, I believe that has ceased.
0: So a difference between the... New Testament office and the gifting, apostolic gifting.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's pretty that's nuanced. A, a lot of people would kind of pick pick holes in that, but that's just shooting. Nobody that listens to this episode, though, or this show. That's a good articulation of the point I was trying to – I was
2: alluding to earlier.
0: I'll skip to number six and um, – You just don't count. All these you can find on the gospelcoalition.org if you were interested. But the premise of the Catholic Church, as run by a pontiff in Rome, rests on a history that even at best – is filled with unfounded assumptions. So he just goes on to talk about that there is an assumption that the Roman, you know, if the Roman bishop is true, there's an assumption that Peter spent decades in Rome, that he held the office, office of bishop, and that he deliberately transferred that office to his successor. But church tradition does not bear that out. The church tradition says Peter appointed overseers in other cities besides Rome, and um, no mention of him transferring any supreme authority to any other. Uh, pontiff or leader. So a lot of the you know, that authority for that office is is not built on scripture or even church tradition, but assumptions of what the Roman Catholics say happened in church history. So interesting article there. Um again, I, I don't you know, I don't think the point here at least for me, we're not trying to bash Catholicism. I know Chase enjoys that, but uh <laughs> if uh <laughs> more more along the lines of just this amazing response to uh to the Pope as he visited our grand country this past week uh, a couple of things guys, as we get ready to move into another segment uh, first of all, just some uh, uh little goings on in the hall of dogma right now. Chase posted a picture of our intro tonight and just mentioned that we weren't doing periscope and uh, apparently i'm I am People are filled with rage toward me because you blamed me for the Periscope mishap uh, or not having it. And uh, so a lot of people are mad. Mm. Uh, I'd like to point out that uh, if we had done Periscope, um, you, you, know, we'd probably got started about 10 tonight. Uh, it just be. seems to take a long time. So, But I apologize to everybody. It was just in the issue of time that we were kind of skipping Periscope. Also, shout out to my new favorite listener, Joshua Laney. <laughs> Whose comment says on the picture chase posted David looks so young he 's like a bearded baby, Brown nosing will get you everywhere. Wait didn't we already talk about that? Uh, we did in a portion of the show that was edited out Yes it oh, was, it was yeah. when you got edited up, it, out. it was when you got up and left to go make a phone okay. call in the middle of the show Oh uh, the, the second eight,
1: time. answer a phone call
0: What were you thinking? When you, My blood pressure was going. When you good. bought that box of cereal for Nick Deet during the show, what were you thinking? The segment where we take a look at the crazy, crazy world all around us and what is uh, going on, maybe in your neck of the wood or your neck of the wood. <laughs> some good grammar there. God, what is wrong Colonel with Colonel Grammar? You're a little tired. I think. Uh, no, I'm really not. I'm You're not. A tired. You sound no. a little. Uh, I don't know. Really, you you want to be critical? Yeah. You know what Plastic Chris Atwood says about people who are critical?
1: I'd like to hear it. Oh, my chest. (laughs) Plastic Chris Atwood just came off the top ropes into my chest.
0: What were you thinking? We take a look at uh, crazy stories from around the world, maybe your neck of the woods or someone else's. For example, perhaps you live in Oklahoma. If so, you might like to know that uh, one of your fellow Oklahomians – uh, was in the news this past week. Oklahoma man discovers he was shot twice after celebrating his birthday.
1: <laughs> That's a great headline. Dis- would would either one of
0: would would either one of you like to guess what um, exactly how this gentleman celebrated his birthday? Anybody like to uh, drinking drinking? Good job, yeah. Chase. Drinking
2: involved. But if he discovered he was shot, there were also firearms involved. Was there a hunting trip?
0: No, uh, apparently just a birthday party at someone's house. The Oklahoma man who had, watch this, consumed large amounts of alcohol at his birthday party. (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, I'm sorry, he was at a pool hall. Oh,
2: this story's getting getting better and better.
0: Discovered when he returned home that he had been shot. The man who was not identified was shot in the shoulder and the buttock. Nice. So just one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's singular in the story. Okay. Just one batak.
1: Does it say which side? No, it doesn't. Well this is shabby reporting. Isn't hopefully that, even hopefully it? it wasn't down is the Is that middle.
2: germane
0: to the story, Chase? And the wounds were not life threatening. The man and his brother called a wow. friend to drive them home because they were drunk after celebrating his birthday at Sharky's Pool Hall. Uh, hey, they Sharky. said that they said that while they were driving they heard popping noises. <laughs> And after arriving home, they noticed there were bullet holes in the car, and the birthday boy was bleeding. It was it was soon it was soon discovered uh, um, that he had a uh, entrance and exit wound in his front shoulder. Mm. Uh, excuse me, in his uh, in his shoulder, left shoulder, and uh, also a uh, bullet lodged inside his buttock. <clears throat> Police at this point did not have any suspects in the case. How drunk do you have to be to not know you've been shot?
1: I have never even approached mm-hmm. that level of inebriation.
0: Well, you only have one beer every twelve months, so I would no like to edit my for, previous for comment
1: to, to say know. that this year has featured slightly more alcohol consumption than that. one
0: beer every twelve minutes.
1: Although in the last, uh, because wow. we went on a cruise, wow! Uh, but I will say the last two months, I've literally had one beer, and it was I guess it was when we were recording uh, last week's episode that you got left out on. That's the only um, beer I've had in two months,
0: but never I drunk think. to the point that uh, someone could have shot you and you're not. But
1: I can't imagine what that would be like. I, I literally—that's—that could it have been a padding issue that he just didn't know, or it could have maybe
0: had a very large but, shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Potentially man. true. I bet it was uh, natural light.
2: Natty Light.
0: Or what was the other stuff we talked about? PBR. PBR.
1: PBR. All right.
0: uh, Well, here, if you did drink more than 12 beers a year, Chase, I I can give you – California State University can give you some tips on how to cover that up. I'm Uh, listening. Researchers at California State University have discovered that we, the people, can lie more convincingly (laughs) when we need to tinkle. (laughs)
1: Oh, desperation is the mother of invention, I guess.
0: Uh, Apparently so. So if you want to tell someone a fib, make sure you have drunk a couple of pints of water. Scientists have discovered that people are able to lie more convincingly convincingly, when they are desperate for the bathroom. When we need to wee, it apparently improves your ability to tell a convincing lie.
1: That's fascinating. I I wonder uh, what the –
0: with the connection wow. there, well, they they actually give what funny they think. Ask, yeah, funny, you should ask. Yeah, funny, uh, you should ask. Scientists have said that um, uh, in okay, so in the high control condition. So this they did this. Uh, essentially, what they did was they had participants drink a small amount, low control of liquid, and then other groups, uh, other people drink large amounts, high control of water. And then uh, they would have interviewers come in and um, ask them questions. Then they had to lie uh, when they were asked the questions. So the, uh, in the high control people, liars displayed significantly fewer behavioral cues to deception and more behavioral cues signaling truth and also perhaps um, more complex accounts As they told their stories, scientists have said this is because lying is an incredibly complex cognitive task, but needing to empty your bladder activates your brain's inhibition control centers. So uh, if I'm reading that right, essentially, when you really have to go to the bathroom, uh, you are able to tell more convincing stories and your cognitive Portions of your brain are able to; um, they're more on alert and ready to to engage, and so it's easier for you to tell stories. At That's that point, fascinating, according to CSU, and somebody spent money on this study. Yes. What's Somebody's, the point? Well, I I, I I mean, Chase people give grants for things, and you've got to get your grant money, right? Well, it's time for me to get some grant money. So, <laughs> if you want to lie about your twelve beers a year. Uh-huh. Just drink your normal amount of beer,
1: mm. and okay. then
0: talk to people, and you'll well, be fine.
1: The problem was apparently when I said that earlier, I had uh, been drinking a couple of sodas, and it just—I I, blame—I blame the sodas on on my misestimation. Really, you think yes. it's the sodas? I think. Well, I mean, with just scientific fact, we just studied it: drinking too much liquid, even non-alcoholic liquid, makes you lie. I wonder if you I can't fight against that. I wonder if you give
0: fewer behavioral cues about needing to uh, about lying because you're you're kind of dancing up and down and you know, some of those motions that you do when you really gotta pee. Yeah. reminds you of the
2: cheap spy movies where to beat the lie detector people have the tack in their shoe or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, It sure does. This is very insightful, Nick. You speak more often on this show. Well, when there's free space. Good luck. That's the problem.
0: All right, one more from uh, across the pond. Let's uh, get our U.K. friends (laughs) and family involved. I'm sure Uh, they can't wait. Marie Amma, who is a British cousin of Barack Obama, is suing Scotland Yard, her former employee, over claims that colleagues made her life a misery by deliberately breaking wind near her desk.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Marie Alma, who is related to the United States President Barack Obama through her aunt, uh, is demanding 400,000 euro – from Scotland Yard over claims that she was belittled and humiliated during a two-year campaign of harassment in which coworkers would come near her desk and break large what kind of proof does she have that's that's, you a, know, good, that's a great, that's a great, question. A great that's, that's a great question i'm just saying have you guys ever been victimized by someone to the extent of oh, dude, where my thinking about so? thinking about suing them for four hundred thousand
1: euros. Oh, no, you're going a different. Direction. I've been close. I, I will say this though, kind of hitting on Nick's point, it is a it is a foundation of British law. It's in the Magna Carta. I'm, I'm told even it, it goes back before that. But even modern British uh, law, from from the the monarchy to Parliament. Essentially, every written document has some version of of this in the higher up parts of the law. That he or she who dealt it, uh, who smelt it, dealt it. So how can this woman <laughs> claim to have smelled it a- and and somehow absolve herself of the guilt of delivering it? You know, David.
2: Whenever you insisted that Chase be here for this segment, I yes. was going.
1: You know, okay.
2: I'm sure he has a reason. And now I know. Yes, it's, it's that sort of hard-hitting legal
1: yeah. analysis well, no, the look, thing. you guys I, can't do without.
2: I, I thought we have straight a straight from your 3rd grade classroom.
0: We have a breaking wind story and we need a breaking wind expert and so I, I felt like they
2: I thought it was just a hot air expert. Needed uh but you're here the one.
0: No, I'm here for that. I'm I'm here for that. Uh so um now she she even claims that What is being grilled on your phone? Uh my boss sent me a picture of some some food he's grilling right now. That looks so, delicious. Yeah, it so does. the
2: so the Rondo's time this week worked out well for you. Uh, look, he texted
0: me. Wow! Uh, so that she even claims that she had to take off time from work due to chest pains uh, caused by anxiety and stress due to these men who continued purposefully doing their natural bodily inclinations near her all near her desk. <laughs> I have been in chest the chest ca- pain. I, I have been in the car with some individuals before who broke wind and I, I i could have sued them i think and won in one and a quarter law had i've been able to prove it somehow
1: i i'll never forget shortly after college oh, driving up the road uh, me and my college roommate and a very skinny young man and he weighed 112 pounds oh, because he was no. the 112 pound state champion wrestler so very skinny and in good shape um summer night driving up the road wind is rolled up and all of the sudden, Is this a romance novel? It's not a, a bit. Party story. It gets worse. I have
0: a feeling it's about to get away from romance real quick. The most toxic
1: smell I have ever smelled enveloped us. Literally enveloped. almost caused me to swerve off the road because I thought I, – there was no thought at all that the smell initially was somebody that had passed gas. It, it, it was Dang. alarm. I mean, I mean, something is – attack, you know. Like you're putting your hand on a stove My reaction was We have to get away from this And we only barely had the presence of mind To roll down the windows Thus saving our life And, and preventing a large pile up On My Highway 31 It was the most toxic thing I've ever smelled And I could have sued him over that And it is a wonder it, That didn't kill anybody
0: So, So I wonder if the Pope ever Has to
1: Pass gas and
0: so I, if he it does, I'm sure somebody's trying be to collect it. And if so, I wonder if there are people who would want to try to capture that and save it for their family. Mm. Mm. Too far, maybe a bit over the
1: line, a little. Do we have Catholic listeners? I mean, we did. We have not Catholic yet no, anymore.
0: They 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 dumped out at the uh, no no pun intended at the uh, <laughs> beginning of this episode. <laughs> All right, uh, gentlemen, oh. we are going to uh, let's uh, let's get into one more serious topic before we
1: call episode 70 wrap uh this week well just pulling back the veil a little bit from from the podcast uh we took a uh, small bathroom break and while i was in the bathroom i noticed uh, that the hall of dogma uh, bathroom has greatly improved lately um well if the light will come on well, okay, the light still has a problem, but... Uh, Only at times. Somebody really fixed that thing up. I mean, it, it's nice looking. It is. It's uh,
0: it, it's um, it's well done. Yeah. Actually, it's a listener to the show and fellow Hall of Dogma member that uh, actually did some work in there. Um, not naming any names, but uh, it is well done. Yeah. I well, enjoy using that
1: bathroom now. Uh, I used to avoid it. Well, hey, now it's like the best bathroom around. It is the best bathroom around. I did have one question though. Okay. Um, in addition to all the normal sorts of bathroom implements and the new decorations and yep. the, the cleanliness of it, which is is op- evident and really nice. Uh there's now a a uh, a sitting sitting area with a couple of chairs and a and a table and and some decorations. Yep. Um What's you, up what's you, up with that?
0: Do you not um do you not prefer to have a sitting area in the bathroom while you're going?
1: I, look, I'm not necessarily going to immediately rule it out. Uh, I was just wondering—is it, it was perhaps my raising was different from other people's? Is I mean, are, right, so are we supposed to be using that as a yeah? So, spot? so, like
0: if you and I were having a, a really in-depth conversation, okay, and one of us need to go to the bathroom, but yeah. we didn't want to stop the conversation one of us could go to the bathroom and the other could be in the sitting area. Well, that's very efficient. Yeah. And that okay. way we don't have to break conversation. And or I noticed it's... there were two
1: chairs, so so, so three of we, us... Really, yeah.
0: We could actually do the podcast in there if we wanted to. No, we we'll, could Two of us in the sitting
1: area. No. I just took. I mean, we didn't... And the other one in the sitting area. We didn't have to the stop the show. Area. We could have just... Anyway. <sighs> that, could it also
2: be that that's the handicapped, accessible bathroom at the Hall of Dogwood I actually Church? think that's... Yeah. I just think that's thought. the point. But... but but
0: Chase wouldn't. Chase
1: is, I mean, very, I don't, I don't very, understand what a is a sitting here. Chase is very.
2: Chase is very. Let's say you have we're
1: kids, really gonna,
0: maybe we're really going to talk about this on the air right now.
2: No, I think we should do a follow up to the Pope story in which um, in Houston, a audience member had dressed their baby as a tiny pope. No, that's a good idea. And, I support that And the Pope With his good sense of humor That the security guard Later said he had um, Pointed the baby out and, and had a security guard Bring him to him And he blessed the baby Because he was dressed As a tiny
1: Pope I'm all for blessings so, And dressing up your babies As tiny Popes If we went to see John Piper And you dressed a little, Jack up as a, as a little John Piper yeah. I would think that was funny
0: That's a little ironic Because Oh boy oh, Really no. The, Oh no 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 The Pope dresses like A little baby <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mean, if you think about it, he he dresses in a baby gown and a little baby hat.
1: Well, there went your chance at heaven. Well done.
0: And so, uh, you know,
1: just ironic. It is is a bit. It is a bit, as you say. (sighs) All right, David, we're going to go to you for this next story to kind of uh, introduce us. This is one of those jarring transitions that we do on the show from uh, the trivial to the extremely serious. Um, A a hashtag began trending on social media this week where people were proudly proclaiming their joy and pride at having abortions. Um, What can you tell us about that?
0: All right. So, yeah, I, I actually stumbled across it. Uh, someone that I follow on Twitter just had uh, – they tweeted out is shout for your abortion, hashtag shout for your abortion, really a thing. And so I, I, I clicked on it and, and essentially started reading where there were people who were just sharing uh, a snippet of their abortion story with the hashtag shout your abortion. And as I did a little investigation, just found that this was – um, one of the top trends of the week, and um and just just quite amazing and went and start started doing a little bit of the um you know kind of background just seeing where it came from and uh essentially uh, and i don 't know if i 'll get this lady 's name right, but Amelia Bono maybe or bono now um she started talking publicly about an abortion that she had she made a a post on Facebook. Um, essentially expressing gratitude for Planned Parenthood. Um, And this was – she was motivated to do this by the – right now in our country, there's a push to defund uh, an organization called Planned Parenthood, um, which is uh, primarily, I believe, funded from the United States government, but uh, they are responsible for uh, many, many abortions in this country. And um, some recent uh, secret videotapes of this organization kind of behind the scenes has revealed uh, what a lot of people have thought all along, which is they are uh, doing some very shady things in in terms of trying to sell um, fetus parts, baby parts uh, that have been removed from – during an abortion. So she felt motivated – as people were pushing to defund this, uh, to just share her abortion story. A friend of hers who is a writer, they're, they're both in Seattle, I believe, um, took the post and tweeted it out to her 60,000 or so followers with a hashtag, shout your abortion. And from there, uh, essentially just uh, people from all over the country began to... Um, tweet out their abortion story and their gratitude for planned parenthood. So that's uh, that's essentially how the uh, the trend started earlier in the week.
1: So what are we to make of this guys? I I find it outrageous um, ridiculous And and look, let me say on the other side, I I think there is a way all of us in here would would fall into the camp of pro-life. We do not believe um, that abortion is a moral or ethical thing. And the reason at its core we do not believe it is a moral or ethical thing is because we believe that to choose the life of one individual over the life of another individual is unethical. In other words, we believe that a baby in the womb is not an unborn thing, is not an unhuman thing, is not a part of the mother, but is a separate individual life. Um, and, and at least I believe that it is immoral for a person to choose their own well-being at the expense of the life of another person's well-being. Um, but, but given that position, which all of us being pro-life, I think there are ways in the church that we can speak that can heap condemnation on people that have had abortions um, in a way that is not godly. Uh, Again, I believe it's wrong, but I don't believe in heaping condemnation. I believe in grace and the kindness of God, which leads us to repentance. But I think the flip side, this is the flip side of that, This is saying, hey, there's no shame in what we've done, no stigma in what we've done. In fact, we should rejoice and celebrate and proclaim from on high that we made the right decision in terminating the life of our baby. And quite frankly, I find that barbarous.
2: Way to to leave me some light and airy air for response. It's this to me feels like one of those issues that's just been overly politicized to where we can't have middle ground about it anymore. Um, It's it's become such a political issue that people just, you know, uh, the groups have taken one step from each other, one step, one step, and and now we're just, we're on far sides of a room shouting at one another um, so we can even hear, and then people think it's, Shouting because of rage and just things escalate. It, reading it to me, just it just made me sad. Um, there was that part of me that wanted to be mad and and just enraged. And I am disgusted at it. Um, but it's it's that this is where we've gotten to um, in in the dialogue about it that um, we've left so room on the pro-life side, or it feels like there is so room, so little room left on the pro-life side that people have to revel in it rather than talk about it. And, um, that just, that makes me honestly sad that that's where we've, we've gotten to in the conversation. Um,
0: I think that the, you know, they're, they seem to really be trying to push back on what they claim is the, the the pro-life voice and the pro-life, um, uh, domineering that's happening over them which I, I don't completely understand since it's it's legal in this country to do what they're doing uh to uh with very little limits but I, I, really what got my attention and, and you know we, we talked a few minutes ago just about not wanting to you know we're not trying to come off as i mean you know we're, we're three guys not trying to come off as uh experts uh, in this area and not wanting to as been mentioned heap condemnation on on those who have who have been through this or uh, you know where this is, is is a portion of your past but you know right is right and wrong is wrong and just reading this and reading people proclaiming with pride their abortion and their reasons for it I had the same, you know, there was a mixture for me Mm -hmm. of anger and sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, here's just kind of just a little bit of of what she wrote. Um, She said that, uh, you know, she talks about how she's heard um, all week from people who ended their pregnancies after finding out their fetuses had physical defects. Uh, By the way, she says life-ruining physical defects. And as someone who has... Family members who have, um, who have physical and mental limitations. That that angers me. Mm-hmm. You know that that you you make that determination that because they're not perfected, mm-hmm. their life is ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, women who had abortions because they were with abusive partners, because their birth control failed, uh, because they simply didn't want to have kids. None of these women are ashamed and none of them should be. Abortion is the right choice. So long as it is your choice, she says. And, um, you know, she goes on to talk about the actual, the, the article that she wrote off of her Facebook post is called my abortion made me happy. Mm -hmm. And she, um, she talks about her gratitude for planned parenthood. Um, she says, I ache for women who feel shame after having an abortion because I think shame is a dangerous and counterproductive emotion, and I believe that shame is almost always a product of social conditioning. I'm telling you my story plainly, proudly, proudly, flippantly even because we have all been brainwashed to believe that the absence of negative emotions around having an abortion is the mark of an emotionally bankrupt person. It is not. I have a good heart, and my abortion – made me happy it is perfectly reasonable to feel happy that you are not forced to become a mother your life belongs to nobody but you don't let ever let someone make you feel any other way and uh by the way she had an abortion because she had sex and she got pregnant and she didn't want to be so i mean there was this was not a situation of this was not any of the situations that you normally hear about you know her health rape, anything like that. Yeah. This was her and her boyfriend were having sex. Birth control didn't work. She didn't want to be a mother. So she had an abortion. And and just I guess just what struck me is just this pride in, you know, be empowered, be happy, don't let anyone shame you. You've not done anything wrong. No one has to force one you know motherhood on you and your life isn't doesn't belong to anyone but you. And, and, of course, I don't know what at what age that starts being true. That certainly is not true for the baby. Hmm. The baby's life doesn't belong to the baby. It belongs to the one who's making the choice to, right. to kill the baby because I don't want to be inconvenienced by a child. No one's going to force motherhood on me. I want to do the thing that can lead to motherhood as often as I want when I want, but I don't want the consequences of motherhood, and if it comes around, I will take care of that, and I will be proud of it, and I will proclaim my story. And there is just a idolatrous sense of self and happiness that is at the at the root of that in such a way that is amazing to me as I as I read it.
2: Yeah, you know, the, yes. Anyway, Chase, there's conflicted thoughts there for me that I can't make
1: work. (laughs) I want to double down on a little bit of of what what I was saying earlier. Um, I know the pro-choice people trumpet the value of pro-choice. I I get that. I believe in freedom. I believe it it is important. But – you have to, to to take a pro-choice abortion position, in other words, to say that the rights of the mother over the rights of the child is uh, of, of an unborn child is such. You have to be able to say with 100% clarity, conviction, scientific evidence, and philosophical, moral, ethical evidence. You have to be able to say that human life does not begin until a child is born into this world you have to be say, you have to say that with absolute certainty because As Justin Taylor has said, if you are not sure when human life begins, if you think it's possible it could begin in the womb, for instance, if you're not certain, then logically you should be pro-life in the same way that a hunter walking around with a rifle does not blindly fire into a bush when he hears it rustle because it could be a deer, it also could be a child, it also could be a grandmother, it also could be a puppy. If you are not sure that life begins when a baby is born into the air, then you should be pro-life because it is possible. The pro-life position is that killing a child in vitro, in the the womb, is killing a, a baby in the womb is killing a child, killing a human being. And you have to be 100% sure or you're like the hunter firing into the woods randomly, uncertainly killing something that you're not sure if, is, whether or not it constitutes human life.
0: Uh, essentially where we've gotten to in this country is it is a baby in the womb if you want it. It is not a baby if you don't want it. Yes. That's essentially what it is, because there, there are states and there are cases where people have been charged with two counts of murder yes. mm-hmm. because they murdered a, a, yes. a pregnant female. yes. And so if, if, if you want it, it's a baby. If you don't want it, even up to the, the, the latest possible time in the pregnancy, then we're not going to call it a baby.
1: Yeah. And look, that's and, philosophically and, and, and scientifically untenable, that, and, and that viewpoint. You're
0: free to do whatever you
1: want because it's your body.
0: Anyway, just frustrating and 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 there's there's you know, we, we've talked a little bit about this issue uh many times. Okay. Uh okay. I'm sorry, we've talked about this issue a few times on the show, but it's just um you know, it it, it leaves you seeking and searching for you know how to pray, what to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big question is Lord, what do we do about this? This is such a. Our God is a God of justice and righteousness, and this is such an injustice that is being done. On, and just to see this brazen, I did this because otherwise I would not have been happy. It is, it's just. I mean, look, I I am a. I struggle as. Maybe a lot of – maybe anyone does to a degree with self-centeredness. I mean I run so many things through the filter of what is fair and what is right Mm -hmm. for me. But to Hmm. see this – Or even just what do I want. Yeah, even what do I want. But I mean so we we all struggle with that. But to see it in such a – just to see that type of brazen depravity is – it's shocking even though you know it's there. And even though, you know, that's happening in the country, but it's just it's seemingly getting just worse and worse. And, and yeah. it's um,
2: so real look, quick. Before, oh, go go ahead. Ahead. Well, the thing I would I am burdened to to say is my final thought here is as frustrated and sad and disgusted and just all the emotions that are whirling around is, is I think about this idea, this hashtag. My my thought is something made this young lady feel the need to, quote, unquote, shout her abortion. And there are plenty of believers I know that approach women who are unwed and pregnant and seeking what to do, um, much less those who have had an abortion or are walking into abortion clinics holding up pictures of murdered fetuses that <sighs> – I would just encourage the believers to consider your response to young ladies who would find themselves in this situation, whether it be the I wanted to have sex and I did and this is the consequence or, you know, I made a bad decision. I know I made a bad decision and I don't know what to do. Consider consider how we, we should respond to them, especially if they themselves are not believers. Um, and do we do we – say that their sin is not sin to appease them and to keep them from no but i think there's a response that we can have that offers them hope that offers them alternatives to this um and even all you know you have a foster parent and an adoptive parent on the podcast so you know we're going to be sitting here thinking of a lot of alternatives um to abortion that keeps her from having to be a mother as well not that I want to overrun the the state child care system but you know there's a lot of paths there that don't have to end with ending the child's life yeah so
1: yeah that's good stuff Jesus came full of grace and truth and as believers we approach pregnant women considering terminating the life of their child with grace and truth but for the grace of God that's for some of yeah. those. Right, let me close I'll close out my thoughts with this Bill Nye came out this week oh. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, which by the way, uh, this, this is going to be disparaging, guy. but I, I personally I quite frankly, I don't care. Bill Nye has an undergraduate degree in science. He is not, you know, a, a master's degree, a doctoral degree in science. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't know his stuff. I'm just pointing that out. He came out this week hitting very hard against people who are pro-life, um, Essentially, he, wrote a, he released a video saying, can we stop telling women what to do with their bodies? And here's my answer to that, Bill. No. Mm-hmm. If we can tell people to not murder other people, you have to understand philosophically that is the pro-life position. We can tell women not to other, murder other people. We can tell men not to murder other people. We can tell children not to murder other children. So, yes – We can tell women not to murder life. And Bill Nye points out that science has proved when life begins, and he points out rightly that a lot of fertilized eggs don't develop into humans. Okay, Bill absolutely completely misses the point of this. He never talks about the fact that abortion, generally speaking, does not kill fertilized eggs. Generally speaking, abortion kills children that are developing inside the mother's womb in many cases, children that would be viable outside of a mother's womb. Hillary Clinton, for instance, this week, David, you were telling me earlier, says she would not support any restrictions on abortion even after week 20. Um, Nye says in the video, nobody likes abortion, but you can't tell somebody what to do. She has rights over this. That's not true. If it is a life Nobody has the right to terminate another life. And let me say this very clearly science cannot tell us when life begins. They cannot. They cannot. That is an ethical, moral question. It is, it is unanswerable. One scientist can say it begins at conception. One scientist can say it begins when, when conscious thought enters into the brain. One scientist can say it begins when uh, pain is felt. One scientist can say it begins when the, the baby enters into the atmosphere. But, but all of those are ethical questions. Those are not questions of science, to be able to say, when true human life begins. And 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 I think Bill Nye has to understand. I respect science, like scientists. He has to understand that this question is at its core an ethical, moral question. You understand? I'm not bringing religion into it at this moment and confronting Bill Nye. This is an ethical, moral question. It is not a science question. Science cannot answer this question for us. Mm. That's good insight. A lot of good
2: discussion happening. Ended really heavy. Golly, we talked about whipping back and forth with the like the waves and we definitely did that. Um we would love to hear your thoughts. We know there are some that um never hesitate to share those, but um if you're not one of those on the Norway, please reach out to us. We've got a couple of ways you can reach us. Uh, we've talked about it already, the Hall of Dogma at Hall dot com. I'm sure there will be discussions. Um there are some of these articles that we've referenced already being discussed there. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at MyGospelFriends or email us at thegospelfriends at gmail.com. We still have voicemail that works um, now that we're checking it again. Um, 205-575-9735 and speakpipe.com slash um, thegospelfriends. So those are all ways to get in touch with us, and we look forward to hearing from you there. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, Tune in next week when you may hear David say, You know, if you were offended by this show,
0: you should have heard all the stuff we cut out. (laughs) That's. Hmm.
1: Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine.